Um, I'm going to read from 1 Colossians four, uh, th 3 to 14, which is probably on page 1165. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear our fellow servant, who is a faithful minister on Christ on, your, on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thanks for reading that for us, Ethan. Um, my name's Steve. I'm the other Steve. And I'm just checking, can you hear up the back, James? Up, up, up. Getting up there. Is that better? Keep going up a bit more. We can keep going higher. And welcome to those who are also on YouTube. This morning, our stream for Morning Church kind of died about nine minutes in, so we're not used to um, recording at night. And... I don't think you would have seen Ethan reading the Bible over this side, so I'm sorry about that, but you heard him, and that's the main thing. Um, we're doing something different last week, this week, and next week. We're looking at a topical series of sermons, thinking about church, who we are, and what we do. Normally what we'd do at church is we'd pick a book of the Bible and we'd work our way through the book of the Bible um, a bit at a time in a way that kind of helps us read the Bible for ourselves. Um, but over these weeks, as we think topically, uh, you need to be a little bit more critical because the person who's preaching, me, is um, covering a wider, I suppose, chunk of the Bible and there's every chance that I might make more mistakes. So you need to be listening and thinking and we need to be talking afterwards. I remember a couple of weeks uh, before Christmas, we had a topical series and after getting down from the lectern at Morning Church, had a chat with someone after church, went, yeah, and wanted to rewrite the sermon. So that's the nature of topical sermons. Um, that's why, week to week, we tend to have expositional working through books of the Bible. Given all that, how about I pray for us as we think about who we are as a church and what we're doing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can uh, meet together as your people. We pray that as we think about who we are as your people here in Kenmore, Lord, we pray that you'll be growing us in humility. Uh, we pray that you'll be growing us as followers of Jesus. Please help us to be clear, we pray, in who we are and what we're doing. 
And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we think about who we are as a church, it is important to be clear on who we are. In fact, it's important to be clear on what we're doing in all sorts of ways. So we had our neighbours across the road. We had them across for, din- uh, for, it was drinks and nibbles is what it was. And it went on and it went on and it went on. There was no clarity as to what, in their mind as to why they'd come over. And so in the end, we had to order in some pizza for dinner and it went on and it went on. It's kind of awkward when there's this misunderstanding we're thinking different things. It's far better to be clear on what we're doing. Um, another example might be, and these, these are this from here on in, they're made up. So the neighbour, unlikely to offend them. If they do, I'll tell them it's the other neighbour, something like that. But morning church. Morning church, we set out all the chairs. We set out the tables. We set up the sound gear. We set up everything for church. After church, um, back pre-COVID, let's say, um, we've had our morning tea, people have done their mingling, and two very kind, generous people see a need and get in there and start packing away the chairs and packing away the tables, winding up all the cables, packing everything away without realising that actually this particular week we didn't need to pack up. And so they're doing all this well-meaning work, which is creating more work for the rest of us next week. It just helps, I think, to be clear on what we're doing. Another example, and again, this one is completely made up, so I can't offend anybody because it's not you. Um, Growth group. There's a particular growth group where people arrive, they trickle in a little bit after each other, and it takes 40 minutes to get the teas and the coffees made. And the coffee machine in this house is just so noisy that while the coffee machine's on, you're looking at the ceiling, looking at the floor, you can't talk, there's no interaction. Finally, the coffee's done. The person leading the Bible study feels, man, that's taken so long, and they try to rush the Bible study halfway through the Bible study. You've got to pause because someone has the microwave on making a cake and icing it to share around with the growth group. And then when you're trying to get into the prayer time, all you can hear is the dishwasher. And then the next week, the person who's hosting the growth group says, oh, sorry, we can't have growth group. The coffee machine's broken. There's a certain amount of lack of clarity over what that growth group is for. I would have thought growth group is to meet together read the Bible together, pray together, share your life together, not to be caffeinated or fed. So I think it's, it's again, that's made up, okay? I can't offend anybody because that doesn't, didn't happen, doesn't exist. But it helps to be clear on who we are. And as we start a new year as a church, all the more, let's be clear on who we are and what we're doing. Um, we have a constant flow through of people. So even if you heard the exact same sermon last year, which you might have, we're a different group of people this year and we have short memories too. Um, Being clear on who we are and what we're doing means everyone can contribute. We know what we're doing. We know where we're heading. We know the goal. You can see the need and you jump in and you serve in a way that's helpful and constructive to everybody. Not being clear on what we're doing, well, that's when we waste each other's time. That's when we are likely to offend or have misunderstandings and the awkwardness that comes with that or hurt or disappoint. If we're clear on who we are and clear on what we're doing, everyone can jump in when they see the need. And some people, because they're smart, will go, why are we doing it that way? And we can change what we're doing to meet the same goal. So let's be clear on what we're doing at the start of another year. Last week, um, as Steve pointed out, the sermon was all about who we are as a church. And if you missed it, yeah, I can go listen to it because it is really important for us to be on the same page on this. But I can give you a 30-second summary. So who are we? Um, We are a group of sinful people who've been made alive in Christ as we respond to the truth of the gospel. Simple thing to be clear on. We're a group of sinful Christians, uh, sinful people who have been made alive in Christ as we've responded to the gospel. That means as sinful people, we continue to grow. We continue to change. We have that work in progress 
about us. And so we can expect that there'll be points at which we will offend or hurt, and we need to work around those issues. But also the simple truth that we have become alive in Christ by responding to the gospel means the way we'll see people join us is by giving them the opportunity to respond to that same gospel. Second point from last week. Um, as a group of Christians, we gather around Christ and his gospel as people who want, who belong to Jesus and want to live for him. And so it's the gospel of Jesus. It's the Bible opened that shapes everything about us. We looked at Ephesians last week. We looked into Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11, where you see those word-based gifts that are given to the church so that everyone will be equipped to minister, everyone equipped to serve, and we all serve together at building the body to maturity, which includes speaking the truth in love. So that's why I would say we're our Bible teaching church, because it's teaching God's word that equips us to serve. And as we serve, we're speaking God's word to each other in love. It's all about the Bible and God's word. Point three from last week, as we pulled everything together, it overlaps with what we're talking about tonight. Point three last week was that we seek to grow followers of Jesus. And as we seek to grow followers of Jesus, what we're doing is we want to see each other um, growing in knowing Jesus and the gospel, growing in living for Jesus and growing in sharing the truth of the gospel with other people. That was last week in 30 seconds. This week, we're zooming in on that last point, double-clicking on it, let it popping out. We're thinking about who, what we do as, Christ, as a church here in Kenmore. What are we doing? And we are growing followers of Jesus. And with that in mind, we've had Ethan read Colossians 1 for us. So let's allow Colossians 1 to shape the way we think about the way we grow as followers of Jesus. When you look in Colossians 1, what you have here is the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians in Colossae. And in these very few verses, what you'll see is um, it is God who is at work. God's gospel grows as God is at work. Um, if you have a look at chapter 1, verse 3, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. There's Paul saying to the Colossians, I've heard you become Christians, and so I give thanks to God. He gives thanks to God because God is the one who's done that miracle, the miracle of repenting, the miracle of becoming a Christian. That's entirely God's work. It's not what we do. It's what God has done. Um, if you look further down, I think it's chapter 1, verse 5, you'll see the Colossians, they've had the gospel of Jesus set before them and they've responded to the gospel. That's how they become Christians, similar to what you saw in Ephesians. And Paul says in 1, verse 7, it was Epaphras who brought the gospel to the Colossians. So it wasn't even Paul's doing. He's not the one that saw these people hear the gospel and respond. That was Epaphras. But Paul doesn't praise or thank Epaphras. He thanks God because it's God who's done this work. Um, Epaphras, all he is, is a faithful minister or a faithful servant, but it's God who's at work. I'm labouring the point, but we've got to have it clear. I think when we finished our time at Theological College, I kind of had it clear in my head. It's God that grows his gospel, it's not us. And so we do everything we can and we pray and then we sleep at night. But I think a few years out of college, as you get busy in ministry, busy in a church, you start to feel responsible. You start to think that you've got to do everything and you start to get ungodly because of that. God's the one who's at work. It's not us. And what you can say about a minister coming out of college, you can say about every Christian. We do everything we can to serve God, to see people growing as followers of Jesus. But in the end, we know it's God's work and we pray and we leave it up to him because it's his work. Um, I think you see it again deeper in this passage. So I know I'm laboring the point, but if you look at verse 6, um, Paul says, 
the way that he talks about the gospel, it, it just sounds like the gospel is growing on its own. So verse 6, partway in, in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. See how the way, see the way he talks about the gospel? It's the gospel bearing fruit and growing. The ESV says um, increasing rather than growing. But basically, it's God's work among the Colossians. He's the one growing his gospel. It's almost like it grows itself, hands off. We're not doing it. God's gospel grows because God makes it grow. It's just that simple truth which we need to be clear on because it shapes the way we think about what we're doing as we seek to grow followers of Jesus. Simple point, important to be clear on. Um, Looking further into the passage that was read, so Paul says... He's heard they become Christian, he prays, he gives thanks. That's not the only thing he prays for them. If you look down in verse 9, he says he prays again for them. Um, what does he pray? Well, in verse 9, if you look at it, he prays that the, the Christians in Colossae will be filled with knowledge and understanding and spiritual wisdom. In other words, he's praying that these Christians will keep growing in knowledge because as they grow in knowledge, verse 10, you'll see them living it out. That's the thing that will change them and make them grow. And it's the same for us as we seek to grow followers of Jesus. We will grow as followers of Jesus as we grow in knowing the gospel and knowing God and knowing Jesus. So these are the things we aspire to. These are the things we seek to do as a church, to grow in knowing Jesus and his gospel, to grow, therefore, in living for Jesus and his gospel and growing in sharing the truth of the gospel with others. I think when you talk to some people, if you ask them, what's the main goal of church? I think a lot of people will say, well, it's evangelism. We've got limited time before Jesus comes back and we've got to see as many people converted in the shortest time that we have. And I can understand the urgency, but I think it misses the point. I think when you read passages like Colossians, you think, no, actually, our job is to grow followers of Jesus, to build up the body of Christ, like you saw in Ephesians last week. And as we do that, God is at work and he does his mission of growing the gospel and seeing other people come to know him. So what are we doing as a church? Well, we're growing followers of Jesus, and by that we mean we're seeking to grow in knowing Jesus, living for him and sharing him. So this is kind of like this is where um, this is an odd sermon because that's kind of the Bible content now. And so let's think about how we do these things. So how does this play out for us as Kenmore Presbyterian Church, morning church and night church? Um, As a church, what we do is we run structures, we run programs, and the most obvious ones are our church services. So we, we run uh, morning church over at Kimmel South State School and church here at night. Morning church over at Kimmel South, it tends to get the people who can get out of bed in the morning, so not you. Uh, it tends to get people who have young kids, apart from the youngs, because they're just young and full of energy and they can come at night as well. But because you've got young kids at morning church, that's where we tend to have Sunday school because that's where the kids are. We build around that. Night church is for the lazy people in the Richardsons who would prefer church at night. Well, they're not lazy, you see. Um, But we've got two congregations. um, But as we grow in maturity, what we're trying to do is see each other serving across those congregations. We want you to kind of lock into one as your home, your your congregation, your church, your people. Um, But that's one of the structures that we run, church, morning and night. On Sunday morning, that's where we have KPC Kids, for primary school kids. It's a program designed for kids who are in primary school and for whom sitting through a sermon will put them to sleep. We do, um, we only run KPC Kids during 
school term. And I reckon in the the off weeks, in the in the school holiday weeks, that's when families should keep bringing the kids because then they get to see what mum and dad do through church and you kind of start to blur the line and they know what they're growing up into. I think that's a good thing. But as far as wanting to see these young children grow as followers of Jesus, when it comes to the sermon, we take them out and teach them at their level what it means for them to know Jesus, to live for him and to make him known. And we want to be helping the parents with their responsibility of bringing their children up in the Lord. And in order to make all that happen, I think it was back in 2016, we started employing Mel as our children's ministry coordinator two school days a week to, to look after all the stuff that makes KPC kids um, click over week to week and year to year. And also to be able to run the, um, um, the, the kids club at the end of the year, which we didn't have due to COVID last year. What I'm saying is as a church, we run these structures. We run these programs. Their purpose is to grow followers of Jesus. Um, we have youth group for the high schoolers. Most of our high schoolers at the moment, they seem to come to morning church, but that's not, that's just a general thing. Um, but the, the purpose of the, the Sunday afternoon youth group is for them to mix with their own peers, open the Bible with their peers, um, and just encourage each other to keep growing as Christians and, and be more enthusiastic and driven to share the gospel amongst their friends at school, to do those kind of things, which you can't really do at church on Sunday otherwise. So that's where youth group fits into the scheme. And each time we've said, should we move youth group to Friday night? It gets shout, shouted down and it keeps clicking over on a Sunday afternoon. That's why it's where it is. So we run these programs. Another one is growth groups. Um, growth groups, they're intended to provide the opportunity for us to mix in a way that you can't so well at church. So at church, it's a bigger group of people. At growth group, it's a smaller group of people. You can actually open your lives up to each other a little more and share a little more. And I think through um, last year in particular, as all the COVID lockdown stuff happened, I think we saw that growth group network kind of hold church together as we could actually care for each other. Um, but growth groups, they have that Bible study time in them. It's the engine room. It's, it's the thing that shapes the group because as you open the Bible together and interact with it and help each other read it for yourselves, that's where you're helping grow each other in maturity in Christ. Um, but there's also the time that you spend praying, praying in a way that at church, we pray for things that all of us can say amen to. In growth group, you can pray far more personally because you're a smaller group. And you can pray for your non-Christian friends too and help each other in evangelism too. So I think one of the things with growth groups is to keep remembering it is more than a Bible study, but the Bible study is the thing that keeps it keeps it growing, keeps it in going in the right direction. So as a church, we run these structures. We run these programs, but our goal is to be growing followers of Jesus as we grow to know Jesus, grow in living for him and grow in sharing him. Um, the structures that we run, the programs that we run, they're there for people. Um, the people don't serve the structures. It's a kind of real basic thing that when I did ministry training before college, we had that drummed into our heads. Um, the structures are there to serve the people. It's about the people, not the structures. Um, years ago, when we restarted Night Church, we read through that book, The Trellis and the Vine. The trellis, the structures, are the thing that helps the vine grow, helps the people grow. And you've got to kind of keep it the right way around. If we get to the point where um, we've just started a group at the Young's Place and we've got to find people to put in there to make it grow, it starts to get a little bit wrong-headed. The group's there to help people for whom that's a good time to meet to grow. Um, where we've, this is a little example, but where we've had to change our structures, for example, is at Morning Church, We've in the last couple of years, we've had very few little kids, like crèche age kids. We could have kept making up the crèche roster and sending people out to sit and talk to each other. There's no point. You change your structure because the people aren't there. Now the, the little kids are coming again. We need to revive our crèche and work out how you do it in COVID times. Here at Night Church, 
we might need to um, work out how to do a crash for night church. All these things, we change the structures to fit the people and don't make the people serve the structures. And then, of course, while we do run these programs, we run these structures as a church, there's all the stuff that you don't need a program for. You can ring someone up during the week. You can sit down and read the Bible one-on-one. You can form a, a prayer triplet. You can talk to each other over dinner after night church. You can do all those things without being told to, without having a structure to make it work. Um, inviting people into your home, all these sort of things we do. And then there's other structures that we don't run as a church, but we're all involved in. So, I mean, there's university ministry. There's quite a big connection between people at our church and ES um, over at UQ. It's a good thing. And you get to, um, the, 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 there's flow each way. We help each other. There's that flow across. Um, there's work-based Christian groups. Um, you can form a, be part of a, a prayer triplet in the city, for example. There's RI that we teach in schools. There's Christian Christian conferences that we go to. As Christians who are part of a healthy church, we kind of we interact beyond ourselves as we seek to, to see God's kingdom growing. But what we're thinking about today is what we do as Kenmore Presbyterian Church, and we want to grow people. We want to help people grow as followers of Jesus to keep making progress. And if you kind of um, dumb that down and think it through these are real basic um, we want to see people move from being people who need the gospel need to hear the gospel need to understand the gospel to people who know the gospel is that what i said yeah there we go like that people who know the gospel and then to people who are living out the gospel and then as you're living out the gospel you want to be growing to people who are sharing the gospel and this is just you know, this is like the sausage machine. It's not perfect. It's not like this, this clear line. It's the general direction, though. We want to see people growing as Christians. That will mean that sort of progression. And as you grow as a Christian, you start serving back the other way, helping someone else understand the gospel, helping someone else know the gospel and live the gospel. There's this feedback loop that happens. So your minister's not doing everything. We're all equipped to serve. We're all building each other up. And every so often you'll be sitting back and you'll see someone who they're particularly good at explaining the Bible or they're particularly good at evangelism and you might need to tap them on the shoulder and say, have you thought about going to college and preparing to do you know, paid ministry, full-time ministry? And as you look back through um, KPC over the years, you'll see there's quite a few people that have done that. We're just thinking about who we are as a church and what we're doing and I'm just trying to make it nice and simple and clear for us. We want to be growing followers of Jesus. That's the bottom line. And we'll be teaching the Bible to make that happen. Um, to be able to run all these structures and all these programs, there's other things that need to happen. You, you, kinda, you need this admin back end. You need people busy behind the scenes who are working out the work health and safety stuff, who, um, the Pres Safe or Safe Ministry with Children, um, someone doing the accounting and the bookkeeping and lots and lots and lots more. And as a Presbyterian church, a lot of that is kind of dictated to us. We just conform with PCQ on what they want us to do. And so we have a session, we have a committee of management, we have a presbytery, people from our church volunteer to fill those roles. And the kind of the admin, the back end, when it's done well, it's nearly invisible. It doesn't distract from who we are as a church and what we're doing as we seek to grow followers of Jesus. Um, but we need that um, admin back end there. And as well as that, we need finances to keep church ticking over. Um, each year we set a budget. We have a meeting in November-ish where we set the budget for the coming year. So as a, um, a, a congregation or a group of members, we say, okay, what can we afford to do? And we set our budget and that's what we keep reporting on when we give a giving update and so on. Um, our giving, uh, if it goes above budget, your minister doesn't get a bonus. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. 
um, what happens is we can do more ministry. We can work out other ways to spend that money to keep growing God's kingdom. Um, we, as Steve pointed out, last year did very well in giving to church financially, even in a COVID year. And again, as you look at the giving for January, usually you expect a big dip in January. We're doing very well again at the start of a new year. And so it's a good time next week to talk about money and generosity because you know no one's kind of pointing the finger at you or making you feel awkward. We can talk about the principles of generosity and giving. Um, and so that's what we'll, we'll do next week. But we're thinking about what we do as a church. We're growing followers of Jesus. You've got the admin back end that makes it go. You need finances to make it happen. And we also need facilities. You need somewhere to meet. Morning Church, we've been hiring the, the school hall for many years. Here, we, we've moved across to Pullenvale and back. We need to be able to um, hire this space to be able to meet together. Uh, the, and the same with youth group. Uh, growth groups basically run in people's homes, apart from um, young adults who are using one Pullenvale road. Back in 2019, um, Night Church, we did that move across to Pullenvale. And then when COVID hit, we needed more space. We moved back here. We need facilities and we're flexible. We keep moving around because the goal is to grow followers of Jesus and we make it work however we can. But um, when you think about the property at Pullenvale, there's a huge opportunity for us to be able to build a church building and a church ministry centre there in a way that can equip um, long-term gospel growth and church growth. When we um, put together a while back... Uh, uh, the way to describe our plans for Pullenvale, this is what we said. We said, with God's help, we'll build a church ministry centre at 1 Pullenvale Road, Pullenvale. The property has been purchased by the Presbyterian Church of Queensland in 2018. Kenmore Presbyterian Church seeks to build a more permanent base from which to continue the goal of reaching the western suburbs with the gospel by growing, planting and encouraging Bible teaching reformed evangelical churches which are evangelistic in character. That's our attempt to put into words what we're doing with wanting to build over at Pullenvale. You look at that and you think, yeah, it's not about becoming comfortable. It's not about getting out of having to set up sound systems and seats and so on. It's not that at all. It's not about having the perfect place to attract people to. It's about equipping uh, more ministry to happen. And over the years, we've seen this sort of thing happen. So um, when we went to Moore College in Sydney. That's a theological college that originally was set up on funds that were set aside by a guy called Thomas Moore. My understanding was he put the, um, his estate aside for a Protestant college and the Anglicans somehow got their hands on it. But true to the original intent, people like us who were Baptists at the time were able to study at the college. And other um, strategic and you know, long-sighted decisions were made. They, they kept buying properties through Newtown and growing the campus for this college. And those gospel-minded, um, forward-thinking, um, good stewardship decisions have enabled the training of gospel ministers over a long period of time. It's had a massive impact in Sydney, massive impact overseas, and I suppose you could say even in Kenmore. So in the western suburbs of Brisbane, we've got an opportunity, if you think long-term, to try and set up something that will see gospel growth. Okay, this is where it's one of those weird sermons. It's not so much a sermon. It's just thinking about who we are and what we do as a church and me putting out there what we're doing so we can interact with it. Who are we? Um, we're a Bible teaching church in the western suburbs of Brisbane. What are we doing? We're seeking to grow followers of Jesus. How are we doing that? Well, we want to see each other growing in knowing Jesus, in living for him, and growing in making Jesus known. And as we do that, we've got Colossians tonight in the back of our mind. And we know very well that it is actually God who does this work. It's God who does the work of growing his gospel. And so 
the most appropriate way for me to finish is to pray for us. So I'm going to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way that you work. Um, we thank you for the way that you grow your gospel. Lord, we thank you that you're the one who works in our hearts and our minds. You're the one who brings people to repentance, that sees our lives transformed so that we want to live for you. And Father, we pray that you would continue to grow followers of Jesus through our efforts here in Kenmore. We ask that your kingdom would grow, not just here in Kenmore, but around the world as we see people come to know you and want to live for you. Lord, we pray that as a church that we would be clear on, on what we're doing so that we can make good decisions and so that we can serve together in a way that builds up your body. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.